He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Can it be years from now, perhaps we'll see. All the sentiments for peace on earth uh, are a little bit in remote right now with the horrific uh, missile attacks going on against Israel by Hamas um, firing from the Gaza Strip. But the interesting thing about this, which nobody is covering, is that these missile attacks are being paid for by the U.S. taxpayer. We're paying for it. President Trump cut off uh, most of the sources of Hamas's revenue, both by its embargo against, and sanctions against, against Iran and by its treaties with Saudi Arabia and the Gulf states, in which they agreed to stop paying Hamas money and uh, to begin to recognize the existence of the state of Israel. <clears throat> that absolutely starved Hamas to death. And then as soon as Biden took over, he lifted the restrictions that President Trump had placed on aid to the Palestinians. We had been giving $250 million a year to the Palestinians, and Trump cut it back to zero. And Biden reopened the spigot and illegally increased our aid to the Palestinians. And I say illegally because it was illegal. The Taylor Force Act, which was an amendment passed by Congress named after a poor guy who was killed in a terrorist attack in Israel, an American, uh, said specifically that the United States cannot give aid to the Palestinian government or to Hamas as long as it continues to compensate the families of terrorists. They have a pension program there where essentially any family who has a member that got killed in a terrorist attack as a suicide bomber or as the terrorist uh, gets a pension from the Palestinian Authority. And uh, they spend almost a billion dollars a year in pensions uh, for their uh, for their terrorists. And the Taylor Force Act prohibits American aid going to the Palestinians and, or Hamas as long as they sponsor terrorism and as long as they continue to reward terrorists with pension and other benefits after their terrorist breadwinner is killed or kills himself in a suicide bombing. That law was passed in 2018 and is still on the books, and Biden did not obey it at all in turning the spigot back on for aid. The statute gives four specific things that the Palestinians have to do in order to get this aid. Uh, one of them is to begin, to stop compensating the families of the victims of, of the perpetrators of terror. It's hard even to say that. And uh, they did not do that. So Biden is giving this aid illegally. And America is almost the only source of revenue right now for the Palestinians and for Hamas. Uh, Iran is broke because of the sanctions. They'll get money soon under Biden, but not yet. Uh, Europe uh, is not giving aid to the Palestinians, although they'll probably start now. And Iran can't because it's suffering under the weight of sanctions. So 
the missiles that are now hitting Israel, being fired from the Gaza Strip, are essentially paid for by the American taxpayer. And this is just outrageous and incredible. Um, call 800-848-9222, my program. Uh, call in with any comments or questions. That's 800-848-9222, 800-848-WABC. The entire thrust of Biden's policy is not, is to blame Israel for everything and not to in any sense blame the Palestinians or Hamas. The idea of an even-handed response when the uh, Hamas is lobbing rockets and missiles into the middle of crowded cities is incredible. Now, I don't know how many of you read the story about the Israeli feint and fake-out that caught Hamas flat-footed, but it's a delightful story and an indication of how wonderfully the Israeli military plays the game. Israel noticed that whenever it invaded the Gaza, uh, as it did in 2007, I believe. The uh, Palestinians sent all of their guerrillas and terrorists underground into a massive network of tunnels under the Gaza Strip. They sent them there so they wouldn't get killed in the Israeli attack. Well, Israel this time, before it attacked, issued a press release saying, we're coming, we're going to do a ground invasion of the Gaza Strip. And uh, Hamas fell for it. And they immediately sent all their people into the underground tunnels. And as opposed to a ground force, Israel sent in a massive air bombardment, carpet bombed the Gaza, and with bunker buster bombers that exploded the tunnels and that caved in on the Palestinian terrorists and may have killed three or four thousand of them. Uh, fake out, <laughs> head fake, uh, good, good for you, Israel. Now, I believe that increasingly the American economy is being beset by inflation. I believe that we have got to understand what this is doing to us and what this is doing politically and economically to our country. The um, inflation is definitely coming in the U.S. In April, consumer prices were up six-tenths of one percent. In May, they were up – I'm sorry, in, in March, they were up six-tenths of one percent. In April, they were up eight-tenths of one percent. That's an annual pace of 10 percent inflation. And uh, just commodities are pushing this. Copper went up 90%, corn for cattle 90%, soybeans up 45%, coffee up 33%, gasoline rose over a dollar over the last year, over the last few months. Now, there are two kinds of inflation. There's cost push and demand pull. Cost push means that the costs go up. And as a result, prices have to go up because when the costs go up, you have to recoup that in prices. And that's going on right now because of the unemployment benefits and the uh, workers' comp and and stimulus benefits that are being paid to workers who are unemployed in the United States. When you add $600 a week for each unemployed person and then uh, another $1,200 in annual stimulus payments, 
and eleven million dollars nationally in uh, in big uh, in Obamacare subsidies. You're talking about a pre-tax income of about a hundred thousand dollars for a family of four, where both adults are unemployed, and employers can't compete with that. They can't possibly pay enough to compete with that. And when they're offering even generous wages of eighteen or twenty dollars an hour, that is simply not enough to compete with the federal government. And as a result, there are now 8.1 million jobs going unfilled in the United States, empty jobs. And it's costing us jobs and it's costing us economic growth because we can't produce and provide the services we need to provide uh, because of that situation. And the obvious answer is increased wages. And that's what business is doing. And that increase in wages is directly increasing prices. So your cost push inflation is going absolutely crazy because of the difficulties that, that we're having with the economy. And, uh, and, and that's, that's something that we've got to deal with. Uh, the other type of inflation is demand pull. And demand pull is going up, uh, because of all the stimulus that Biden is inflicting on the economy. And, uh, it's it's going six trillion dollars of economic stimulus, and uh, and and it's and it's uh, it's deluging our economy with buying power, and uh, the result is that people are lining up to buy things, uh, but there aren't enough things being produced because there isn't enough of a labor force to produce it, and jobs are going begging; they're being empty. And, uh, and we're in a situation where we're getting cost push from the wages going up and demand pull from everybody chasing too few goods, uh, where they really have, uh, prices have to go up. And that inflation, I think, is going to be a lasting legacy of the Biden administration. Uh, I think that that's going to be ultimately the, probably the death of Biden. I think the doom of Biden. I think that if you uh, project, we're probably talking about 10 to 15 percent inflation this year by the end of the year, a pace at that rate, and then probably more next year. And that doomed the Jimmy Carter administration, and I think it may doom Joe Biden's administration. Remember that inflation is the most regressive tax increase there is because it falls evenly on the rich and the poor, and the poor have to pay a vastly disproportionate share of their income to buy the products and the goods and services they need and they usually use. But Biden is uh, talking about no tax increase on anyone making less than $400,000 a year, and that's complete BS, because his inflation policies are themselves a major tax increase. You know, you can't look at the, uh, the inflation that's going on without understanding the impact on the American currency. Uh, this is a paid commercial for the Patriot Gold Group. Uh, when are you gonna, why, when will we wise up? Uh, gold has gone up 10% since April 1st. Silver has gone up 14% since April 1st. And, uh, far outstripping the Dow or the S&P 500. And that trend is obviously going to continue. Gold went from 1685 an ounce on April 1st to 1843 an ounce today. 
and silver went from $24 to $27.50 over the same period of time. So called the Patriot Gold Group. Uh, I buy my gold and silver from the Patriot Gold Group because with inflation, it's the only sensible thing I can do to protect my investment. I'm not going to let Joe Biden dip into my investments and my savings uh, every time inflation goes up. Um, Patriot Gold has the No Fee for Life IRA, where your IRA or your 401k can be shifted into physical gold. They specialize in U.S. minted metals. Call 800-356-4470 for your free IRA investor guide. Patriot Gold Group is diamond rated by the Better Business Bureau. Call 800-356-4470. That's 800-356-4470. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. We've been talking about the uh, U.S. taxpayer financed assault by Hamas on Israel. Every one of those rockets and missiles you see on TV hitting Tel Aviv, blowing up school buses, is bought and paid for by you, by the U.S. taxpayer. Because Biden rescinded the Trump policy of cutting off aid to the Palestinians and Hamas. We now give them $250 million a year. There's a law, the Taylor Force Amendment, that said you can't give this aid while they're using the money to pay the families of terrorists, basically a pension program for terrorists. And uh, they have refused to do that. They continue to make the payments. And Biden happily wrote out a check to them all. Uh, let's go to Joey in Passaic. Hey, Joey. It's Jerry, but be that as Oh, I'm day. sorry. Pardon me. Uh, you know, what's going on in Israel, I agree with you with the rockets that Trump cut that out. And this the, the Democratic Party, ever since the guy when he was vice president with Obama, has shifted constantly further left because Obama was the one that started all this anti-Semitism yep. and everything else. And I just want to interrupt you. Is it Jerry you said? Yeah. Is your name Jerry? Yeah. Yeah, I accuse you being Joey. Sorry. Uh, you're right. And for us to cloak the anti-Semitism that's going on now as a political issue and say that, oh, this isn't anti-Semitism. This is just disagreement on what the Palestinians are doing. Uh, this isn't anti-Jewish. It's anti, it's, it's, it's pro-Palestinian. We're just trying to give them their rights and their land back. That is baloney. This is pure anti-Semitism, just like practiced by Adolf Hitler. Let's go to Thomas in Manhattan. Hey, Thomas. Hey, Thomas. Hi, Hi you're on. Thank you so much. Uh, do you re- I read on Google that there's 25 people that were killed, suspiciously murdered, who worked for the... Uh, foundation for Hillary and Bill, and the former head of the FBI described their organization as the Clinton cartel. What have, say you? You know, once I was with uh, Roger Ailes at Fox News, and he said, do you think there's anything to the Clintons killing people? You think I have to be careful? I said, hey, Roger, I'll be your canary in the coal mine. As long as I'm alive, they're not coming after you. So rest assured. (laughs) Thank you, Tom, for your call. Uh, let's go to Ralph uh, in New Jersey. Hey, Ralph. Yeah, you know, uh, I happen to relate with Dick Morris that the uh, 
the policy of Biden with regard to Israel is to pit both sides against the middle. And uh, this is, you know, there is an internal uh, battle going on within the Democratic Party wherein self-hating Jews and anti-Semites are coming out right. to condemn or demonize the state of Israel. I'll name names, okay? You got yeah. Nadler, Sanders, yeah. Schumer, Klobuchar. And I have and, to tell you that and, Jerry Nadler, you know, was my... Jerry Nadler was my uh, best friend in high school, and I ran his campaign. And he's a very religious, observant Jew. And I find the his uh, policies on this absolutely reprehensible. agree with you completely. How the Democratic Party went from being the party that fights anti-Semitism to the party that promotes it is really unbelievable. Um, let's go to Sam in Woodside. Hey, Sam. Yeah, the uh, the attack by uh, Jews on the uh, Palestinians is counterproductive uh, because what the Palestinians are going to do and all other uh, groups, you know, suppressed groups around the world, they're going to send suicide bombers, uh, bombers into uh, uh, into Israel and they're going to start a third world war. And well, it's already it's, and it's wait a second, it's going to spread to Times Square. Okay. It's already spread. Well, Sam. How is it counterproductive when they're firing a rocket at you to take out the site that is firing the rockets? How is it counterproductive when they're when they're doing everything they can to kill your citizens to take an action to protect them? Let's get this straight. Israel built a wall that effectively stopped the suicide bombing for about 10 years. Then the Palestinians, with help from Iran and funding from the United States, got missiles that could go over the wall and renew the terror threat against Israel. Israel responded by the Iron Dome, which is a marvelous defensive system that protected them against the missiles and the rockets. Uh, but these have continued, and they're in sufficient quantity so that some of them, not many, but some, are getting through. And you have to applaud Israel for defending itself. Now, one of the things we talked about earlier uh, was the inflation that I think is coming and I think is going to wreck the Biden presidency. And Joe from Westchester has a comment about that. Joe? Thank you, Dick. Uh, I'd like to just say that what's concerning me, your points are, are well taken, particularly relative to commodities, which affect everybody across the board. What I am a little bit concerned about, which is cut through now almost three administrations, Obama, um, post-2008, uh, inherited somewhat from Bush with the collapse, right. and then, of course, Trump, and now Biden is our monetary fiscal policy relative to the uh, the Federal Reserve. I just have the, a few minutes, uh, so let me let me anticipate where you're going with this. Uh, I think that there there has been a total cessation of any sanity in fiscal policy. The idea of a budget deficit is ridiculous when we're spending six trillion dollars off budget uh, to uh, to subsidize everybody we can and to provide stimulus to an economy that is already vastly overheated and provide benefits to people who where it doesn't pay to work uh, because of the high benefits they're getting. And these policies are so destructive, and you're correct, they continue the policies of the Obama years, but but in spades, this is far worse than Obama had done. And I think Biden is going to really suffer as a result of it. 
You know, moving to another topic, in 2012, the Education Department released a study showing that black students were more likely than their white peers to be suspended and expelled from school. This disparity was taken as evidence of racial bias, and two years later, the department issued threatening guidance letters to school districts across the country, warning them that they'd face civil rights investigations if the suspension rates of African-American students did not come down. Schools were pressured to discipline students or not based on race rather than behavior. New York, L.A., and Chicago, the three biggest systems, said the reduction in suspensions and expulsions was followed by a big uptick in bullying and other disrupted disruptive behavior. The sad irony is that black students, in whose name this were being done, were the people most being hurt by that. Now, the idea that these liberals wouldn't consider anything other than race as the motivation for discipline is just absurd. Uh, the non-racial explanations for the differences in school discipline rates are clear. In 2019, a report by the Institute for Family Studies found that black students living with both married parents had suspension rates that were not only less than half as large as those for other blacks, but also less than the suspension rate for white students from families that weren't intact. So don't go blaming the enforcers because of the color of the skin of the offenders. Uh, if they had stable families, uh, these kinds of disciplinary problems would not exist. So give me a call when we come back from the break, uh, and we'll, we'll take your calls at 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-WABC. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? When you bad boys are a big problem in America's schools. And uh, the liberals who are running the education system have concluded that the problem isn't that people are misbehaving, but that the system is racist. And they have decided that because a disproportionate number of African-American and students of color are disciplined uh, as opposed to whites, that it's racial discrimination. And they have served notice on the school districts throughout the country that they will face Justice Department lawsuits saying that they're discriminating unless they bring down the suspension and expulsion rates of black students. Now, while they're doing that, a study in 2019 found that if the black students came from households with two parents that were married and living together, that they had less than a quarter of the suspension rates of white students. Uh, they found that the key variant wasn't the color of your skin, but the quality of your home life. And rather than deal with that, and rather than urge people to get married and live together and understand the importance of the damage of disrupting the family structure, they're assuming it's race. And the result is that they go into schools that are predominantly black or African-American, and they uh, stop suspending children and boys for misbehaving. Uh, no suspensions, no expulsions. And that turns these schools into a war zone and makes it impossible for African-American students who are intent on learning from going ahead and learning. Uh, 
And then they oppose the voucher system and charter schools, so the kids, poor kids, are trapped in the schools, which become basically war zones. It's it's kind of incredible what's going on. So call me at 800-848-9222, 800-848-WABC. Earlier we were talking about how inflation has absolutely is absolutely destroying the Biden presidency. And uh, I'd like to get Saul in Riverdale in the Bronx, who I think has a good perspective on that. Hey, Saul. All right, Dick. Yes, you're on. Yeah, this is uh, great talking to you. Two great political minds speaking. Right. Inflation is the cruelest tax of all. Absolutely. It it's up on you. Yeah. And uh, it comes up on you and your gas prices. You want to buy a home. Whatever it is, the prices are going to go up. But people have to remember these policies that are put in place that create inflation. I mean, you'll have 100 professors coming up with different formulas. But the problem is, and you're a political guy, so I have to tell you, the Republicans who support legal immigration have rebuilt this left-wing, hard-left, take-no-prisoners party that's destructive to the economics of this country. Nobody wants to say it, but the the hard left is laughing as the Republicans beat their chest for uh, legal immigration because that built the hard left party in this country. Well, I just want to contradict you on something in this. So, you know, I have a weekly TV show on Newsmax TV uh, that airs at 730 on Saturday night. And next show, I'm going to talk about the myth of Hispanics voting Democrat. Hispanics moved to Trump, moved to the Republican Party by eight points in the last election. And the reason they did, in my judgment, is that they're patriots. They came to America because they saw the difference between America and the countries they left. Their parents and grandparents did. And when they saw Black Lives Matter and Antifa tearing down the American statues, burning the flag, doing all kinds of stuff, they realized that it was time to get off the ship there and that essentially they would have to stand up for America, stand up for their new country and vote for Trump. And I think that's going to happen more and more. Uh, Nick has some interesting thoughts about cost of living and inflation from Fairhaven. Let's hear it, Nick. <laughs> hey, Dick. Great to talk to you. Um, I wanted to hear your thoughts about uh, home home price is not in PCE or CPI uh, because <laughs> the youth are intended to be serfs. Or <laughs> yeah. Well, the um, the CPI consumer price index is a terrible measurement of prices. It's a, because it excludes gasoline and food. So, okay, what do you spend your money on? Uh, clothing or shoes? Okay, yeah, but but food and gas are the two main things people spend money on. And they're excluded from the consumer price index. So, and that's deliberate because all the federal laws increase benefits based on the consumer price index. So they artificially bring it down. The important thing to realize about inflation is that it, it is, it's a secret tax. It's done in secret. Uh, the politicians vote these big stimulus packages. We're going to help global warming. We're going to help the internet. We're going to help recharge cars. We're going to help childcare. We're going to help the elderly. But what they don't tell you is that all of this help overstimulates the economy and causes inflation. And then they say, oh, we're worried about people who are poor and they can't make ends meet. We can double unemployment benefits and so on. What they don't say is that means there's a labor shortage and prices and wages are going to go up. 
so they're taking it out on the people in inflation while dressing it up as something that's quite different. And, and I think that's, that's, uh, a very serious problem for us. Uh, let's go to Elaine in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Yeah, hi, Dick. So happy hi. you're on ABC. Looking glad to be here. I miss you from the other show. Yes. But anyway. Don't mention the other network. You can, the I one that begins I... with F. You can mention Newsmax, <laughs> where I'm on I'm every so Saturday at 730. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, about Israel. The rhetoric of the Democrat Party is hurting the Jewish community. It's inciting violence and lies for Jews around the world, not just Israel. There's only 15 million of us around the world. It's inciting masochism, too, you know? It's not uh, bipartisan anymore. It is not, the Democrat Party is pro-Hamas. Yeah, and it is. And Republicans must say it. Every day. This is a great issue. The thing I said at the start of this show, I don't know if you're listening, is that the missiles that are hitting Tel Aviv and the other Israeli cities now, Jerusalem too, are paid for by the American taxpayer. Because there's a law that said that we can't give money to the Palestinians as long as they're paying the families of suicide bombers. It's called the Taylor Force Amendment, passed in 2018, signed by Trump that year. Biden is violating it every day. First thing he did was to turn the spigot back on, so we're paying them $250 million a year to go out and kill Israelis. Absolutely beyond belief, incredible. Um, let's go to, uh, let's go to Michael in Huntington, Long Island. Hi, Mr. Morris. How are you today? I'm, I'm good, and if you're going to say what I think you're going to say, bless you for saying it. Oh, okay. Um, I was alluding to um, what you were discussing before as far as how the family structure is affecting these kids, which obviously, in effect, carries into the schools. And I was wondering why um, it just seems no one ever brings up the Democratic Daniel Moynihan study that was done, I believe, in the late 60s or the early 70s. That was one of the most brilliant. Moynihan is a former client of mine, was a former client. But the most brilliant thing he's ever done was that study where he said that the big problem in the inner cities and ghettos of the country was the breakdown in the family structure. And he pointed out that when you go from a two-parent earner to a one-parent earner, a single mother, you are by definition going into poverty. And the, the, the only marriage the Democratic Party approves of is gay marriage. There's no promoting of marriage among, uh, among heterosexuals, among black people, among Latinos. But the marriage and staying together and having a family structure is so vital to everything. And if you could do one thing that would really help poor people in this country, it would be to promote marriage. When Dan Quayle was vice president and he talked about uh, the glorification of, I guess there was a TV show, I forget it, and he was talking about that. He was ridiculed for that, but absolutely not. This is so important and good for you, uh, Michael, for remembering that Moynihan study. I'm really, really impressed. Now, we are finding that the that Biden has completely changed his whole idea, the whole idea of whether what to do about sex change operations. An increasing number of girls are heeding that song and walk like a man. 
Actually, it's more the other way. More girls are eating walk like a woman. But uh, gender change operations are becoming very frequent in the United States. And I got to tell you, I don't mind it. I think it's fine. Somebody wants to change their gender, that's cool. That's up to them. I have two problems with it. One, I don't want to pay for it with tax money. And secondly, I don't want children to have to have that. Uh, I think that no child can give consent, informed consent, to change his or her gender. Uh, the, the left is doing something crazy. It's the single craziest thing they're doing is insisting that 9 and 10 and 11 and 12-year-olds pre-puberty have to have sex change operations because, God forbid, they identify as a man and after puberty, puberty they wake up and they're in a woman's body. They're going to commit suicide. They're going to become alcoholics. They'll be horrible, um, just terrible. And that's baloney. The fact is that a quarter of these surgeries lead to sterility. And I don't think a 10-year-old girl is capable of giving up her future as a potential mother. I don't think a 10-year-old boy is capable or should be allowed to give up his future as a man. And uh, But Joe Biden is standing the law on its head. In Title IX of the Civil Rights Act bans bias, quote, on the basis of color, race, national origin, sex, age, or disability. And the Commissioner of Health and Human Services, Xavier Bacera, the new Los Angeles radical, said it's the position of HHS that everyone, including LGBTQ people, should be able to access health care free from discrimination or interference, period. Okay, that's cool. Absolutely. Shouldn't be turned away from a hospital, should get equal treatment. Absolutely. Agree completely. But he's saying that discrimination means that when a 10-year-old walks into a hospital and says, I want to become a girl, they have to do it. And if they said no, that's discriminating based on sex. It's not. It's discriminating based on age and health and, and, and good reason. And for them to say that it is, that it's discriminating on the grounds of sex, not to permit there to be open season on gender change operations is ludicrous. It's insane. And it is really going to hurt people. There are now 1.4 million transgender adults, they say, in the U.S. And 150,000 of them are teenagers aged 13 to 17. Well, I don't think they should be able to change their gender surgically or by hormones. Parental consent isn't the answer. They found in studies that most of the parents of these kids are themselves either transgender or their mothers who wanted a girl and they are raising their boy as a feminist, dressing him in girls' clothing and stuff. And I cannot believe that Joe Biden is doing this, that Biden is going ahead with this proposal. Now, earlier we talked a little bit about the the issue of uh, the education system and the way we are increasingly telling schools, reduce the number of African-American students who you expel or punish or suspend. And if you don't do it, we'll hit you with the civil rights lawsuit. Uh, and let's talk to Hinda from Brooklyn, who's got some ideas about that. Hi. Hi, Hinda. Um, uh- Hi there. So I, I want to follow through on something that you were talking about with regard to the intact families of both black and white students. As a former yep. uh, educator, I always found that Thanks the best interest, you're welcome. It was my pleasure and one of the best things in my life. Um, parents um, who are most concerned about the education of their children are 
concerned about just that, not about critical race theory, uh, not about um, who's going to get what, but the quality of their education. And what's happening now is that I think there's going to be a groundswell of both black, white, Hispanic, all parents uh, in this country who are seeing that their children are being sacrificed for a philosophy that is not only harmful and bogus, but is really harmful for the future of the United States of America. Un-American. Hinda, can I ask you a question as an educator? Sure. What happens, I've wondered this all the time, what happens when a fourth grader who's white is sitting in the classroom and learns that whites oppress blacks, that any of the gains his family has achieved is as a result of racist depression of another race, and that his parents are guilty of it, or to well, the, or to the yeah, mixed race sorry. child whose uh, father, let's say, is black and mother is white, what is he going to do, start hating his mother? Uh, and, 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 and siding with his father. What is this going to do to the fabric of the home lives, lives of these kids? Well, I think it's going to do a couple of things. One, I agree with what you're saying. In the classroom and in the school, it speaks to what you said before, and that is there's going to be a lot more bullying. Um, you're going to see uh, white children bullied. They're going to feel guilty. They're not going to stand up for themselves. And this is what happens when you don't stand up for yourself. You're going to get bullied. Uh, right. Sort of like what the Israelis are doing right now. Yeah, right. They're standing up for themselves rather than be bullied. Um, yes, I think a la Soviet Union, uh, what happened when the the system um, starts pitting one group against the other group and children become spies and children, you know, start yep. uh, riding yep. their families and their so parents. forth. Yep. You know, these, yeah, I mean, these are very well, dangerous thank things. That thank you for that insight, Hinton. Thank you for your lifetime of service in schools. So what are you waiting for? Uh, gold is up 10% since April 1st. April 1st, in six weeks. Silver is up 14%. Since April 1st, the Dow and the stock exchange, far less. What's going on now is everybody is catching the information that inflation is coming. And they're seeing it in the gas station, uh, construction costs, uh, ev- virtually every time you go shopping, you see it in the supermarket. And people are saying that there's only one hedge against inflation, and that is to get out of paper currency and get into gold and silver. Because that is the the only way that you can survive inflation. So I took my own words to heart, and I bought a lot of gold and silver at the start of this year. Because, man, I said Biden is coming, and Bernie Sanders is going to run the budget committee and batten down the hatches. So I called the Patriot Gold Group at 800-356-4470. That's 800-356-4470. 800-356-4470. They have a no-fee-for-life IRA where you can take your IRA, your 401k, and move it into gold and silver, which basically means it's not going to be depleted by 10 or 15% a year, which is the coming inflation rate. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. We have nine more minutes in our show, and it's your mic. Give me a call at uh, 
WABC. Uh, I love that, uh, that, uh, Gary from Staten Island has some thoughts about my old boss, Bill Clinton and Israel. Oh, What's wow. up, Gary? Oh, thank you so much, uh, Mr. Moore. Dick, can I call you Dick? Please. Uh, Mr. Moore, uh, 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 this is wonderful. Um, um, the arrangements that your old boss, as you put it, okay, President Clinton made, uh, it was historic, I suppose. Uh, the, uh, of course, uh, I don't know, maybe I'll just get out of your way. How about that with uh, Arafat and who was the prime minister then, Rabin? Yeah, Rabin. Well, I think that the, the key thing, and, and you can give Clinton the credit for it, but um, also uh, you got to go back to Jimmy Carter, who began the Camp David Accords. The, the key thing that they did was that for Israel to be imperiled, you needed three things. You needed money, you needed manpower for an army, and you needed technology. Was the, the Israelis out, out invented the Arabs enormously, and their technology is great. Uh, but they didn't have oil. But there was still manpower, and Clinton and, and Carter took Egypt out of the coalition. And Egypt's the only country, Arab country, with any kind of population, so that he basically ensured the future of Israel. But the real move was Trump's, because he cut off the money supply. He went to Iran and imposed sanctions so they don't have five cents to give to Hamas. Now the sanctions are being lifted, and they'll shower them with money again. But uh, but for a long time, they didn't have any. And then Trump went to Saudi Arabia and the Arab states, the, uh, the emirates, the uh, monarchies, and said, hey, if you stop aiding Hamas, uh, we'll stop, and uh, you should recognize Israel and make peace with them. And that way we'll set up a coalition of Egyptian manpower, Israeli technology, and Saudi money. And that's a combination that's going to defeat anybody in the Middle East. So he was, they were very prescient for doing that. Let's go to Mike in St. James. How are you doing, Mike? Hello, Dick. Thank you. Uh, can we have your opinion on the 2024 election, the chance of Texas going from red to blue? How serious is that? Problem? Not much. The left always likes to talk about that, and they love to gin up contributions for that. Uh, I was the chief consultant to Ted Cruz when he was elected and then reelected senator from Texas. And, uh, and the, look, what's going on now is that the Democrats have made a fundamental miscalculation about the Latino and Hispanic vote. They think they have them in their pockets. They think it's a matter of time before they vote 90 plus percent for Democrats like African Americans still do. Well, Trump gained three points among African Americans. That was cool. But he gained eight points among Hispanics and Latinos. The, the, the official stats don't say that because they're trying to conceal it, but clearly it was a gigantic increase. And the reason is that they're patriots. They came to the United States because they saw how screwed up their other countries were, and their parents saw that before them, and they risked their lives, in some cases, to cross the border to come to America. And they're damned if they're going to sit there and watch uh, Antifa and Black Lives Matter destroy this country that they came to. 
they're the new patriots in our country. And uh, they will keep Texas red and solidly red. And thanks for your call, Mike. Let's go to Alex who and Silicon Valley. Well, good. Who give my regards right. to your neighbors. <laughs> All right. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, You're welcome. I had a comment about the school suspension, but I, first I wanted to ask, do you ever find – uh, out whether Andrew Yang supports continued use of the uh, entrance exams for the specialized high school? Yes, he does. Yes, he does continue that. Uh, he's the only mayoral candidate that does. I checked that out after somebody asked me about it on the last show. I want to say um, about the school suspension that um, when when a student is disruptive and you are forced to, or for whatever reason, to keep him in the school – without suspending or expelling him, then the good students will be hurt by this kind of disruptive environment. Damn right, absolutely. And they're locked in the school because school choice uh, is limited. You know, the New York State Legislature has this law that drives me crazy. It, I call it mandatory jail for students. Uh, they are They have capped the number of charter schools in New York State at 50, 50, 50. Never mind that there's a quarter of a million people who want to get into them, but can't, parents who want their kids to get in. They've capped it at 50. And you're imprisoning these students in schools, which were the big disciplinary problems, because the Civil Rights Division isn't letting you deal with those problems. And they're going to say, we'll come down on you like a ton of bricks if you don't lower the number of black and Latino students who are expelled or suspended. And I was quoting a study from 2019, according to the Institute for Family Studies, the uh, sociologist Nicholas Zill and W. Bradford Wilcox said that when you look at African-American families where their parents are married and live together, the rate of disciplinary actions, the rate of suspensions uh, is lower, less than half as much as it is for whites. so it is not the race. It's the family structure that's causing that. Thank you, Alex. And give my regards to your neighbors there in Silicon. Let's go to Ted in Forest Hills. Thank you. Uh, I was in the Air Force uh, as a cargo pilot 25 years. Thanks for your service. I tell you, there were plenty of uh, Hispanic pilots, good ones, and even fighter pilots. You can yep. see uh, when you read stories. Uh, I was uh, wondering, I'm a weapons researcher now. Uh, my uh, business is to blow up the other guy <laughs> and save Americans. Uh, yeah. Do you think that, that China is looking for war? No, I don't. Uh, China want, will go as far as it can up to war, but won't cross that threshold. Uh, China's goal is to dominate the world. That's obvious. But the way they're going to do it is not conquest. It's by mind control, thought control. They have a system in China where they monitor everybody's internet transmissions and everything else, and you get a social acceptability score of how compliant you are and how pro-regime you are. And if you have too low a score, you can't fly, you can't board a train, you can't get a job. And they're trying to get control of the 5G network around the world to implement the same policy globally so they can discipline Americans not to be aggressive against China. And that mind control is really what China's focusing on. So great being with you this show. I really enjoyed it. And keep those calls coming, and we'll see you next week. Thanks a lot.
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 